Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, July the 13th, 2022. It is currently 4.16 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are what and why and when and how and where and who. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait, what has happened? What is wrong with him? What is he talking about today? I need you to listen to me carefully. Okay, well, I, I see some of you are not paying attention. You're doing other things. No, focus in right here. Focus in on the sound of the voice coming from the speaker of your mobile device. I need you to listen to me. I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. They taught me all I know. They will teach me all that I will know. Their names, the names of these six honest serving men who have taught me all that I've known, all that I know, and all that I will know. The the names of these six honest serving men. Here are their names. What? Why? When, how, where, who? Do you know where we're going today? Do do you know what this episode's going to be about? Does that give you any clue? Okay, okay, all right. Some of you are still looking at me very odd. Some of you, no, no, stop, stop, stop. Some of you have already reached over to your phone and you're you're gonna close this out. Put your phone down. Step away from the phone. Put... Put your hand down. Listen to me again, all right? Very important. I keep right here with me. In fact, I keep them wherever I go. Six honest serving men. Wherever I go, I take these six with me. They have taught me all that I have known, all that I know, and all that I will ever know. These six men have taught me. They're honest serving men. They have taught me all that I have known, all that I know, and all that I will ever know. And the names of these six men are what, why, when, how, where, and who. You see, the secret of a good Bible student. If you want to be a good Bible student, there is one secret, and that secret is learning to ask the right questions. So those six serving men are the questions you need if you're ever going to be a good Bible student. That's what we're going to talk about today in this special Bible study exercise episode. The Bible study exercise series is designed, well, to move you off the couch, in a sense, to to put you at a desk or a table with Bible, notebook, pencil in hand so that you engage in actual Bible study. The Bible study exercise series has never been about you just sitting there, listen to me. 
tell you what I have found in my study. It's to, to get you to actually study. But if you're actually going to be a good student, you knew you need and you need to know these same six honest serving men. You need them to walk with you. You need them to be with you. All right. And if you want to call them six honest serving women, if that makes you feel better, that's okay. I don't care. Men, women, that's irrelevant. You need these six with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, you need them with you. And for some strange reason, I feel these six are not really allowed in most churches. I think when these six show up in many churches, people get very uncomfortable. They get very defensive and they don't like them. They want these six to go away. They, they know, go away, go away. But you, the minute you, in a sense, keep them out of the church, the church stops becoming a place of learning. It stops becoming a place of discipleship. And you know what's even worse? It stops becoming a place of Bible study and it nothing more, it becomes nothing more than basically a place of propaganda that is put forth from the pulpit. Either the pulpit is a place of propaganda or the pulpit is a place of study. Do you want simply propaganda, someone giving you their idea, or do you want the pulpit to be a place of study? Well, it's only going to work if these six men, women, whatever you want to refer to them as, these six things, without them standing right there in the pulpit, and without these six sitting in the pew, well, then the church stops becoming a place of learning, and it becomes nothing more than a place of ideological propaganda. Oh, I know that's going to offend some people, but I think many churches, thats it's not a place of actual learning or study. Everyone will say, no, no, it is. No, it's someone telling you what to think. It's not a place of actual work of in, in study. You need these six. Let me say it one more time. You're going to get tired of me saying this. In fact, I'm going to repeat this a number of times. In the middle of this, I'm going to repeat it. And maybe at the end, I'm going to repeat it. I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all that I have ever known, all that I know, and all that I will ever know. Their names are what, why, when, how, where, and who. Sadly, it's sometimes the children, it's the young people who many times still have these six with them. They're still asking questions. Sometimes it irritates people because they ask so many questions, but they should be encouraged to ask those questions even more so. And every person sitting in the pew should be challenged to ask these questions. And the one in the pulpit should say, we we're going to constantly ask questions from the pulpit. And we're going to acknowledge, I know this is a shock. We're going to acknowledge sometimes that we don't have the answer to maybe any one more time. I keep six honest and serving men. They've taught me everything I've known, everything I know and everything I will know. Their names are what? Why? When? How? Where? Who? The secret to a good Bible study 
The secret to being a good Bible student is learning to ask the right questions. Now, I say all of that in just my introduction to tell you that today, in this special episode of the Bible Study Exercise podcast series, you're going to learn a method of Bible study that absolutely will help you learn to use these questions, know these questions, and appreciate these questions. Because asking questions is the basis for what is known as the thematic method of Bible study. The thematic method of Bible study is all about asking questions. The better you are at asking questions, the better you will be at the thematic Bible study. If you're not good at asking questions, the more you do the thematic Bible study method, the better you will become in asking those questions. And the better you become in asking those questions, the better you will become as a Bible student, as a Bible teacher, and as a pastor. And doing a thematic study, you decide, now I want you to listen to me carefully, and doing a thematic study, a thematic method, or a thematic study method, however you would like to verbalize it, and doing a thematic Bible study method, you decide on a set of questions to ask about the chosen theme before you even look at your Bible. Now, you'll find some publications that have talked about the thematic Bible study method almost have you looking at the Bible first before you uh, you come up with the questions. I'm not a fan of that approach. We're going to I'm going to change it up and and I'm, well, I've taught the Bible I've taught 12 different methods of Bible study so many different times, so many places from wherever anyone will give me a place to teach, I have taught these methods. You just give me an opportunity and I will teach them. I've taught them in a Christian high school. I've taught them in, in, in Sunday school classes, church, church pulpit, I mean, you, internet, podcast. You, I, I'm always looking for ways to teach people these Bible study methods because, again, one of the mi- biggest problems is we don't actually study the Bible. So many people think they go to church to study, but there's no real study taking place. Again, I, I just refer to it as nothing more as, as propaganda, not actual study. I, I know I'm going to get lots of emails going, I disagree. That's okay. Disagree. Dis- disagree. But I, I still stand by it. So here we go. Let me say it again. The secret of a good of being a good Bible student, the secret of a good Bible study is learning to ask the right questions. Asking questions is the basis for what is known as the thematic method of Bible study. And doing a thematic study, you decide on a set of questions before you look in the Bible. I want to state that again. You come up with the questions before you look in the Bible. That will make sense in a minute. So are you ready? I'm about to teach you the thematic method of Bible study. I'm going to teach you an actual method of Bible study, not some vague, I, 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 what drives me crazy is so many times I'll, I'll look on the internet or there'll be a sermon series, how to study the Bible. And you listen to it and you're like, you didn't even give anyone a method. You just like read, underline, highlight, look in a concordance. And you're like, that's, 
You, you're not giving them an actual method. Oh, those things, those things drive me crazy. You need a tangible method, step by step by step. You're going to get a, a tangible method. You're going to get all the steps. And as always, I'm here to assist and help in, to anyone engaged in Bible study. I'm always here to help you. All right. So are you ready? You're going to learn the thematic method of Bible study. I'm giving you an opportunity to find something to write with. All right. The thematic method of Bible study, all right, on this Wednesday, July the 13th, 2022, coming to you live from Abilene, Texas, you're about to learn a very, I think this would be an actually transformative Bible study method in your your spiritual life. I think this would be very, a very important one to have, all right? So here we go. The thematic method of Bible study involves approaching a biblical theme, with a set of not more than five predetermined questions in your mind. So you have a Bible, you have a Bible theme, you have a theme, right, that you want to learn about in the Bible. There, there's a theme, right? And you're like, okay, I want to, I want to, I want to learn, I want to study the Bible to know more about this theme. But before you do anything, you come up with no more, no more. You can have less, but no more than five. You have to limit it to no more than five. There's a reason, okay? The, the more expansive you want to study a theme or a topic, you would skip over to the topical method, which is an exhaustive study of pretty much everything the Bible says about a particular topic. That's the method I assign for our study on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Now, some people would have said you should have given them the thematic. No, I wanted that. I wanted everyone to just be, see because everyone says so many things about the Holy Spirit. I wanted everyone to be hit with everything, right? Everything. That's when when someone starts arguing with them, they can say, "Wait a minute! I've looked at every verse in the entire Bible on this subject." I felt that that would help them not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Now, right now, they feel like they're being tossed to and fro because they're trying to do the topical method, which is extremely overwhelming. But this, the reason I limit it, you can ask no more than five questions, is because it's to it's not to lead you to the topical method. This is to give you something more manageable, and that will make sense here in a minute. So the thematic method of Bible study involves approaching a biblical theme— with a set of not more than five predetermined questions. You then trace that theme through the Bible or a single book by asking only those questions, summarizing your conclusions and writing out a personal application. So you're, you're going to, you're going to then Trace that theme. This is key. You're going to have those questions and then you're going to trace the theme through the Bible by only asking the questions you came up with. You cannot, there's no, you don't change it. These are the questions you came up with. You're stuck. You're stuck. You say, but I can change it. No, no. The key is to force you to stick with those questions. Now, you may come back and do thematic method, part two on your theme later on. But whatever questions you come up with, that's what you're stuck with. That's, I'm telling if you, if you do it wrong, you're excommunicated, okay? I will find you and remove you from your church. Okay, that's a little bit of hyperbole. But no, I really mean it because it's more fun when you find yourself like halfway into the study and you're like, who came up with these questions? They're useless. This is 
I'm not learning anything. That's good. See it to its conclusion. The reason I want you to do that, listen to me, is because it will help you formulate better questions the next time. If you just change it in the middle, I don't think you're learning. No, you come up with five, let's say you come up with three questions and you get through and you're like, man, I need more questions. I need at least two more. Or man, these are the wrong questions. I'm not figuring out anything. You, you finish that study. Do you do all the work and all the frustration that may, you may realize you came up with the wrong questions? I'm telling you that will help you so much. And the next time you get ready to do a thematic method, you'll be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Let me really think about these questions because last time my questions were garbage. I've done this many times and realized my questions were garbage and I came up with garbage conclusions and I had to just, well, I never really, in a sense, throw it out, but I always remember do a better job. Right? So the thematic method of Bible study involves approaching a biblical theme with a set of no more than five predetermined questions. You then trace the theme through the Bible or a single book by asking only those questions, summarizing your conclusions and writing out a personal application. The thematic study is similar to a topical study. But they're different in two ways. Number one, the thematic study is shorter than the topical because you study fewer verses. It is, in fact, a limited type of topical study. So the topical is an exhaustive. The thematic is, is it's not as exhaustive. It's more limited, right? It's a limited form of topical study, if that makes sense. For example, right? This is, I think this is an example that, and this example is the, I'm going to use this example because I was asked about doing a topical method on this particular subject. And I told them they need to do a thematic study. And then they were like, well, wait a minute. Do you have a, is there a message on the thematic method? And I'm like, you know what? I'll get to it as soon as possible. So that's why we're here today. All right. So here we go. For example, all right, I t- let me think, of, um, let me state it this way, right? A thematic study is a short, is shorter than a topical study because you study fewer verses. In fact, a limited type of, basically the thematic is a limited type of topical study. A topical, a topic may have many themes running through it. For example, one topic could be prayer, but you could study the following themes under that topic, the prayers of Jesus, the prayers of the New Testament writers, Conditions for answered prayer, prayer promises, intercession for others, and many other prayer themes. The topic would be prayer. The thematic would look at those individual themes within that larger topic. So the topic, you cover everything. The thematic, you're like, no, I'm going to focus in on these specific things. It gives you something to grab onto. The, th- the topical, and, and it's interesting because there's some people who've been working on the topical, and I think they have used this word p- to describe their experience at least a number of times. Overwhelmed, lost, losing my mind, don't know what I'm doing. And every time I read that, I'm like, yes, that's so good. They're experiencing what the topical method is almost supposed to make you feel like. The thematic is much more like, 
you know, no, I'm, you're like, you're in the water, but you can just stand up anytime and you can, well, the ground's right underneath you. You're still in the shallow end, right? The topical, you've jumped into the middle of the ocean. There's not a sandbar. There's no life preservers. There's not a boat. There's nothing. You're just out there and you, you've got to swim and make it to the shore or you're going to drown. The thematic method, you're splashing around. You're like, oh, I'll just stand up. Okay, there we go. There's the ground. It's right underneath my feet. It's like you've the thematic, you've got the ground, you've got 50 life preservers around you, 10 lifeguards on duty, you're you're good to go. You're you you got no problem. Topical, yeah, man, you're in the ocean by yourself. There's nothing. And there may be about a hundred sharks swimming around you. I'm trying to show you the difference here. All right. So the topical study would be prayer. Somatic would be, well, I'm gonna, well, it's gonna be more limited, which gives you something to grab onto right? A topical study would examine every possible verse that relates to the overall topic. And a thematic study, you concentrate only on passages of scripture that deal with your selected theme. I like to say it this way. In the thematic, you're only dealing with scriptures that would relate to your questions. Do you see the difference? All right. A second difference, a thematic study entails fewer questions. And a topical study, basically you're asking as many questions as you possibly can come up with because your goal is to discover as much possible as much possible about the topic. The thematic study has a limit of five carefully chosen questions or less. After making a list of all the verses related to the theme, you examine each verse asking only the questions you have prepared. The reason for limiting the number of questions is that a theme may have 100 or 200 or more references. If your set of questions gets too long, well, you can, well, get lost and confused and not knowing what to do. So, but again, that that doesn't mean the topical method is bad. A lot of people, when they hear the thematic, they're like, well, then why would I ever do the topical? Because the topical lets you see everything. And there's some controversial subjects that cry out for the topical. Because then you've seen everything. So when someone comes with their ripped out of ripped out of context, only telling half of the story nonsense, you can say, look, I've actually looked at every single possible verse on this subject, considered everyone, placed them in a category, came up with a conclusion, and came up with a summary, and came up with an application. So don't give me and don't try to manipulate me with your 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 you know half put together study that doesn't conclu- that doesn't involve everything. So sometimes the topical is absolutely required, but the thematic, oh, the thematic can be so helpful, can be so very helpful. But so those are the d- differences between the two. Now, the purpose of the thematic method is to s- discover what you can about a chosen theme with a specific prepared questions that you will ask of each verse in the chosen study. So the purpose of this method is to discover what you can about a chosen theme. The the, the purpose of this is to try to find the answer to the questions you've come up with. So you're limiting the scope, right? And you've got to, you've got to keep, now you've got to be disciplined. You've got to be disciplined to keep yourself looking at the limited scope. What happens is people get into the thematic and then it all starts falling apart because they don't remain disciplined. They're just like, oh, I'll add another question. I'll, I'll add some more verses and I'll go chase this rabbit and I'll, oh, I'll say butterfly. And I'll be, oh, what's that? Oh, wait, what's that? And then you come back to them and like, I gave you like, you know, 
two hours to work on the thematic. What have you been doing? And you look at their paper and you're like, what is this? What? No, you did it wrong. You've got to be disciplined with the thematic, right? You come up with the questions. That's what you have to pursue. Even though everything may be screaming at you to go somewhere else, you have to stay right there. Right? So the purpose is to discover what you can about a chosen theme with the specific prepared questions that you will ask of each verse chosen for the study. Now, there are some great advantages in using it, and, and we'll talk about some of those advantages here in a second. But before we do that, let's start. Before we look at advantages, we, we could probably just go to advantages and then we could do this. Let's just look some, I think I'm going to, I'm always changing the way I do this. Let's just move right on to the advantages. All right. All right. Here's some of the advantages that emerges from the, this method of Bible study. Here are some of the advantages that come from the thematic method. Number one, you don't need as many reference tools. You can do a limited study if you only have maybe a topical Bible. But, uh, but a topical Bible does not list all the references on a particular theme, so you will benefit by using an exhaustive concordance. You can make a list of every word that relates to the theme, then look up each word in a concordance and select the verses that deal specifically with your theme. All right, I, I don't want to go into all of that. Sometimes I will, but this time I won't. Just know this. One of the, one of the advantages of a thematic method is you, you don't need as many tools. And sometimes that can be very helpful depending on the setting you find yourself at any given time, right? Sometimes you're in a place like, like, here's the thing. You may find yourself in a situation where you have opportunity to study God's word. Knowing the different methods, you can pull from, you can pull and use the method that fits the setting in which you find yourself, right? You may have 30 minutes for a lunch break, right? And you're, and you decide you're not going anywhere. Maybe you've got a, just a, a thing to snack on. You're like, I got 30 minutes. You could sit there and scroll through Facebook. You could sit there and I don't know, do whatever you do on your phone, watch cat videos on YouTube. Or you could say, I could, I got 30 minutes to spend time with studying God's word. Okay, well, what method could you pull out for a 30-minute study? Well, you've got the devotional method. You've got a chapter summary method. Many of those require almost no additional tools. You could probably pull it off with a notebook in your phone, right? I mean, you could probably, so the more methods you know, the more you have to choose from based on the particular setting you find yourself, right? That's why you want to know at least all 12, right? But knowing the thematic method, it, it, it doesn't require as many reference tools. So this one is one you could possibly use, possibly, all right? Number two, you can use this method when you don't have time to do a full-scale topical study, right? Once again, more methods, more options based off circumstances. Man, I don't have a lot of time. I need to do it. I want to do a good Bible study today, but... I don't have to, oh, you know what? I'll do a, th a thematic one. I, 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 I don't have time to go for a full-blown topical method because whatever else is going on in your life. Number three, this method is a good way to preview a topic by surveying the high points of its subordinate themes before attempting a regular topical study. Sometimes the thematic can be a preview to get you prepared for the topical. So that's an advantage of it, right? Man, that topical, I, this, this, this is a little proof. I know I'm hearing some people right now going, wait a minute, you're telling me we could have done this before we did the topical study? 
No, no, we couldn't because I did not want, I wanted everyone to feel the full weight of the topical study. That's what I wanted. And I know a lot of people started the topical study and were like, time out, I'm, I'm done. I give up. I, that's almost everyone does. Most everyone gives up in the topical method. I, I Again, yeah, we, we go into my history of trying to get people to do the top. Hey, topical method. I could tell you my history of trying to get people to do a chapter summary method. You can't even get people to do that. What you, what you really discover is Christians, as much as they talk about Bible study, Christians actually don't want to do Bible study. They like the thought of it. They like the concept of it. They like to talk about the importance of it, but to get actual people to do it, you have a better chance of getting an atheist to believe in God. All right. Okay. Maybe that's a little uh, over the top, but I think it, I think, I think it's true. Like a, talking to an atheist to try to convince them to believe in God or get a Christian to actually engage in Bible study. Where are the atheists? Where are the atheists? I'll, I'll talk to them. He was like, but no, Christians w- love God's word. Christians, uh, they, they, that's all they care about because man does not live up. Man, we talk a big game. But when you come to actual, f- talk to all the Christians you know about their actual engagement and Bible study hours per week, hours per month, hours per year. It's a joke. <laughs> they don't do it. It's just the facts. Look, we can, you can deny it all day. Trying to get people to actually study. You, man, they'll they'll say, I read, I highlight a few verses. I listen to a sermon. I use a devotional book. No, I need to see your actual Bible. Never mind. Just never mind. Okay. We know, we know what's going on. All right. So this, this one helps you kind of preview for those other study methods and can be very helpful. All right, number four, this method is one of the easiest types of personal Bible study that you can turn into a sermon or Sunday school lesson. I mean, look, if you ever need to, okay, man, I need something to, I, I want to teach on something. And what, what, okay, let me state it this way. Women, I'm going to start with women, right? And I'm not trying to be mean. But whenever women want to study the Bible, like, uh, as, like a, get a group of women together, I don't know what it is, but they're like, we need a book, right? So we need a Beth Moore study guide. We need a K. Arthur. And it's like, why do they always feel like they have to, you don't, how about get the women together and actually study the Bible and not what uh, K. Arthur said, John MacArthur, Beth Moore, whoever the, you know, the, the new superstar in women's Bible study is that that industry is, is worth billions of dollars because every time someone, anytime women get together for a Bible study or small group, they think they have to have a book. They have to have material. Here's the key. How about actually pick up a Bible and study the Bible using drum roll, please. A Bible study method. Well, the thematic is a great one. It's a great one to use. And it's an easy one that if you if you do it, then you immediately have something to teach your group, right? Hey, you because this one transfers easy to teaching. Thematic is an easy one to go from study to teaching just like that. Right? I'm, I'm making I'm making lots of friends right now. This method is a good one to teach that Christian you're trying to disciple or help in your life. It's simple enough for someone who has not yet done any personal Bible study to grasp and do effectively. This is the, the thematic is the easiest one to teach. You can teach this to anyone. Anyone can grasp. You can start teaching this to, 
I mean, look, I think the chapter summary method, anyone can learn the chapter summary method. And that's the one I think you should start teaching children early on and doing the chapter summary method. You can get, I think it's the one, a chapter summary method is the one family should be using. You know, hey, we're going to do something. Let's do a chapter summary. It's Friday night. What are we going to do? Pop some popcorn, get some drinks. We're doing chapter summary method. Or, hey guys, tonight, what are we doing? We're going to play a board game. Nope, we're doing the thematic method of Bible study. And it can be a family activity. I know, what a crazy came up with that. I know that's, that's radical. You know, because sometimes we feel, we almost treat it like it's some kind of work. It should be fun. It should be fun. So many times it, and for, for some Christian families, when they engage in any Bible study, it's like you sit and listen instead of, Hey, pull out the whiteboard. Everyone grab a pencil, a notebook. Let's, let's do this together. Now, it's easy to say that. Okay, now I'm going to be serious. It's easy to say that. It doesn't always work that way. In theory, I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't always work that way. But I, but I think you can, if you can use the Bible study methods, everyone's participating. It's not just listening to someone. Everyone's studying and questioning and asking, like, well, what about this? And what, well, I got this idea. I, and then you're sitting there, like, if you say you're using a whiteboard or whatever, and you're writing it out, or you can have different people in the family write it out and, and, and then boom, there they have it. They have each step and they see their own contributions to those steps. And then everyone comes up with a conclusion. This one is just an easy one to teach people. All right. Uh, so those are, those are some uh, advantages and reasons for learning this method. Now, tools that you're going to need. What tool? You need a Bible. You need a Bible. Now, you know my rules here. Okay, everyone knows my rules, right? Listen to me. I need you to get really close to your phone, really close to your iPad, really close to your uh, Alexa or whatever whatever spe- uh, smart speaker you're using to listen to me. I need you to get really close. When it comes to Bible study, do not use a study Bible. Oh, I know you're saying... That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, it's not. Don't use a study Bible, right? Because a study Bible contains someone else's study work. You're the one studying the Bible. Study Bibles are great as reference tools. I don't think you should have them in church with you. Well, sometimes I do, depending on how. Sometimes I want the people to have a study Bible nearby. I think they should have a study Bible laying next to them in the pew. And then when the pastor says, grab your study Bibles and see if you can find this, this, and this, then they're great to have. But you shouldn't be sitting there looking at them because here's what we have a tendency to do with study Bibles. We read, we look down at the notes, and it's almost like we view those notes as a part of the inspired text. They are not. And sometimes we get lazy. I don't understand that verse. Look down at my study notes, that's the interpretation you just by default begin to accept. Don't do that. So study, Bible study is you studying the Bible. The study Bible can be used at certain times, but I like to always, all the Bibles I have here around me, there is not a note in them. There is no note. There's no famous person's name on the cover. There's nothing. It's just text because I want to study the text. I don't want to study MacArthur don't want to study Charles Stanley. Don't want to study uh, who, Dr. Da- uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. I don't, I don't even know all the, Ariary, uh, uh, I don't remember all the study, uh, study Bibles, okay? Um, I'm trying to think of other study Bibles, whatever. I, no, I want to study the text. 
So start with a Bible that only has the text. You need one of those so that when you are supposed to be looking at the text, there's nothing to get in your way. There's no note. There's nothing. It's just the text. I mean, if, if you can find a Bible that doesn't even have chapter headings, you just want the text. Just right there, just the text. Nothing, nothing to, to distract you, all right? So you need a Bible, one without notes, right? Two, you definitely need a concordance. Now, you can use Blue Letter Bible app on your phone, whatever Bible app on your phone that serves as a good concordance that also can help you with an interlinear that can give you Greek and Hebrew. You need that. And you may need a topical Bible, a topical Bible. Now, what's the difference between a concordance and a topical Bible? Everyone knows this. A concordance. You look, say you look up the word baptism. A concordance is only going to give you the verses that actually uses the word baptism. Topical Bible will give you all verses related to that subject, even if the word isn't used. Well, it'll give you, some topical Bibles are not necessarily exhaustive. They're going to give you verses that may be related to the subject that doesn't use the word. Exhaustive concordance is going to give you every verse that uses the specific word, but it may not give you verses related to the, to that subject if the word is not used. It's only going to give you the verses that uses the word you're looking up. Topical Bible is going to give you all the verses related to a topic, whether it uses a specific word or, or not. That's why you need both tools. You need a, a, a topical Bible and you need a concordance. All right? Then you can have your study Bible. So a Bible without any notes, a topical Bible, a concordance, and then a study Bible. Because sometimes a study Bible has notes and different tools that can be utilized at specific times. Always have a Bible dictionary or a Bible encyclopedia, and you can find them online as well. All right? Now, are you ready for the actual steps? Okay? Here are the steps. Here are the steps to doing the thematic, if I said topical at any point, the thematic method of Bible study. Are you ready? That's 37 minutes of just getting you prepared for this. Now I've got to try to drive this home as fast as I can because I don't want to go over an hour, right? But for each one of these, I could go two or three hours easy, giving you examples and stories and what I've experienced and my struggles and what, what I like and don't like and example. I, I mean, when it comes to using the Bible study methods, it's been all of these have been such a major part of my life. But here we go. All right? Well, before we, I guess before we get to the steps, let me give you some tips. Let me offer you some tips, all right? Because, because uh, um, I, I, think, I think some tips and, and I, think, I think for this one, I, I am going to do this. I am going to do that. Part of me wants to just disregard this. So I, we may go a little over an hour, but that's okay. I'm going to try to go through these tips and, and, and I'm going to try to offer some words of caution. One of the problems with the thematic study is people get carried away. They get carried away and, and, and I love their enthusiasm. I love the zeal, but the, what happens is you, you stop really doing a thematic study and it turns into something else. The thematic is to be restricted. It requires a little bit of discipline. And sometimes you get frustrated with yourself because you, 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 because you can, you limit yourself to the questions you ask, 
you find yourself really frustrated that you know you're missing stuff you really want to know, but that's okay. You follow this to its conclusion and then you can start over and do a different one, right? But uh, there's some dangers here. So here, here's number one. Don't use too many questions, okay? Don't use too many questions. You've got to limit your questions. No more than five. No more than five. No more than five. You're not trying to do a topical study. You're doing a thematic study. Got to be, you're going to have to, you're going to have to learn this skill, right? The, the, listen, think about it this way. This Bible study method is really designed to teach you how to ask the right question. By limiting the questions, you're training yourself to ask the right questions. The better you become in asking the right questions, the better Bible student you become. So really, this method is not only to help you study the Bible, it's to, it's to teach you to become a better question asker. Is that, is that a, it, began, it begins to train you to become, become better in asking questions, all right? The better you are in asking questions, the better Bible student you become. The way you become better in asking questions is doing a thematic method, which forces you to restrict the number of questions you can ask. There, there's a dual purpose in, in making yourself limit your, yourself, all right? Okay? Right? Some would say, you, you, I'm giving you the opportunity to ask five questions. You know what the typical rule is? No more than three. I'm giving you a little leeway, right? Number two, all right, so that's the first is don't ask too many questions. Number two, um, it's important to remember that sometimes you can do a thematic study with only one question. Here are some examples. What are the things God hates? Just that one question, that's a great thematic study. According to the New Testament, what things should we endure? Please note how you just limited that. According to the New Testament, what things should we endure? You're limiting it because you're focusing on a theme, not a topic. What are the things we should consider as Christians? What traits of a fool are given in the book of Proverbs? According to Solomon in Proverbs, what brings poverty? Now you see, you see how you limited that? You limited that to Solomon in Proverbs. So if it's a proverb not written by Solomon, you don't use it. See, sometimes only one question. Sometimes you can, you've got to remember a thematic study can be done with one question, which makes this super easy to use if you have limited time or just in, in starting out learning how to do Bible study. So number one, don't use too many questions. Number two, remember you can do this with one question in many cases. Number three, many times you will not find the answer to every one of your questions. <laughs> you're going to have questions and you're going to study and you're going to be like, I don't find an answer. Ding, 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 ding. That's wonderful because you need to learn right now that in Bible study, many cases, the Bible doesn't answer your question. People always think that whatever question they have, they can go to the Bible and they're going to find the answer. No, you have too many sermons where they give supposed answers that are not actually in the text. And when you do Bible study without listening to the propaganda, sometimes you'll find out, you know what? I don't think the text really answers this question. 
I don't think I can be dogmatic. <gasps> we, we can't be dogmatic. Yeah, there's some things we can't be dogmatic about. We can only be dogmatic about what the Bible is dogmatic about. And if the Bible isn't dogmatic or doesn't give us the answer, then we don't have the answer and we can't be dogmatic. See, that's, that's what real sola scriptura looks like. That's really being faithful to scripture alone. But sermons are filled with propaganda that gives you the sense of being dogmatic when sometimes it's nothing more than the pastor being dogmatic and not the text. Number four, if you're not finding answers to any of your questions and your verses, probably means you need to revise your questions. Now, it means you need to revise your questions. But listen, what that tells you is you ask the wrong questions. Do not revise them. You need to note that you need to But don't finish the study. At the conclusion of the study, you may have no answers and you may be like, wow, I just wasted two hours. You didn't waste two hours. Now, guess what you can do? Now, how do I revise them? You're going to be tempted to revise it in the middle. Do not revise them in the middle. Finish the study. Then revise because you're training yourself to become better at asking questions. If you want to know everything God has said about a certain subject, then you need to do a topical study. Right? Not a thematic study. Those are some tips. Now, we're at 45 minutes, so I've really got to move quickly here. Here are the steps. Step number one. Are you ready? Here we go. Here are the steps to doing a thematic method. These don't don't take long because the steps are so easy. All right. Number one. What do you think? What do you think number one is? Come on. What do you think? What do you? Oh, I I love do I love teaching Bible study methods with people present. Okay, but there's no one here. All right. So, what are what are the steps? Choose the theme. Okay. Whoa. That's aren't you glad you, I'm here for that? Choose a theme. The theme can come up in so many different ways, right? So many different ways. You can come up with a theme, right? Oh, wait. Okay, I just picked up a book that's sitting here on my desk. I just picked it up and I just opened it up randomly to page 153. Spiritual warfare. That's a theme, right? That's a topic. That, that, that could be, you could do a topical study or you could do a thematic study. So spiritual warfare, we, we could go with that. I'm just saying, you, you can come across the theme that you want or the topic. I guess in one sense, you're choosing a topic and then you're going to come up with the themes. But okay, choose the theme and you can come across. It can be from anything. It can be from a podcast you're listening to, a sermon. It, so many different, look, I could come up with a theme. I could do a thematic study about 50 times a day because in converse, I'm always hearing something going, ooh, that would be, I, I could do something with that. Now, here's the thing. Once you have the theme, now you have to decide the questions. And this is where some people have complete meltdown, right? People are like, I don't know what questions to ask. Okay, look, there are those of us who there is not enough time in a day for us to ask all the questions that we have, right? Some of us are just like, look, the minute I entered into Christianity, 
It was who, what, where, when, how, and 900 other questions. Wait, when, where, how, who, what? Wait, that doesn't make sense. Wait, you just told me this. How does that work? When does that work? I don't see that working. Why do I not see that working? You're telling me it's working. I don't see it. You can claim it. I don't believe it. I need more answers. And they would be like, what in the world? You question everything. And that is what I want all people to be like as Christians. Question everything. Question everything. You hear me say that to my people from the pulpit. Question everything. Young people, question everything. I love when kids are little. Why? 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 I hate, I hate when I see parents try to squish, they try to squash that. They try to, they try to almost stop asking questions. Never, no. And and I, to be honest, I don't even like when they, when a parent says, because I said so. Oh, that just puts a knife in my heart. No, that tells them, don't bother asking questions. If the authority gives you a specific answer, you just go along. No, question. The Bible, ask questions. Sermons, ask questions. Bible study, ask questions. But deciding on the questions, depending on your personality, you may like, well, I'm not really good at this. You need to become, look, you need to become good at it or you're not going to be a good Bible student. Now, how do you know what questions to ask? Well, you write down the, look, you've got the topic. You've got to sit there and go, hmm, spiritual warfare. What? What am I interested in about spiritual warfare? Like, what, what are some questions I could ask about spiritual warfare? Or prayer. What are some questions I have about prayer? Or the Holy Spirit? Or you just name whatever. What You've got to come up like, what am I really interested in here? What do I really want to find out? Now, don't, don't, you, you, you just look here. You just think of this. You just start throwing out the first questions that come to your mind. You start throwing them out. You may end up with 15. Then you sit there and you'll eliminate until you have five or less. You may decide on, you know what? Just that one. I'm just going to go with that one. And and it may only your study may be over s- quickly. That's okay. All right? So you write down those things that you're interested in. What are some things you will, would like to know about your theme? Make a list of questions, not more than 5. No, go ahead and write down 20 write down 50 questions. Now you're just going to have to go through the process of elimination. If you're doing it as a group, this is the fun part. Everyone's going to like if you're doing this with your your kids or your family, your 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 child throws out a question, you're like, "Okay." And then your your husband or significant other, you write it down, and then you're like, "Okay." Now you're going to have to like, "All right, guys, we got 10. We got to eliminate 5 or we got to limit at least 5." And then everyone's going to be like, "Well, I like mine." You know what? You may you may have to give up yours, but that's okay. That's okay. But eliminate Come down to five. All right. now And then you write that. So you choose the theme. You decide on the questions. All right, got to hurry. Number three, create a list of all the verses you intend to study. Now, a lot of people will say, come up with the verses first. But no, now you've got your questions. You start coming up with, I need to make a list of all the verses that I think are relevant to these questions, right? It may be based off, okay, warfare or spiritual warfare. Okay. What, what, what verses do we need? Right. What, 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 how would we look these up? You may have to use a concordance. You may have to use a topical Bible. You may have to use a dictionary. You start trying to compile a list of all the verses you intend to study. All right. You make a list of all the scripture verses that are related to the theme you have chosen. Now, listen, you can, 
you, you, it's not, your questions may give you some kind of a guide on what, on what verses you need, but you just start including as many verses as you can, if you, you can write down. Now you may see that some of these verses don't really fit with the questions you asked. That's okay. You just start compiling a list of all the verses, right? You just start, you've got your questions that may give, make it very easy to start compiling your list of scripture, but don't, don't be worried if you find, if you've got scriptures there that don't relate to your questions. That's okay. If it's related to the theme, that's fine. Now, what you may realize is, man, I end up, I got, I end up, I've got 60 scriptures here, but only 10 really relate to the questions that I ask. That's okay. That's okay. Because those others, you may have to come back, you may have to come up with new questions that will help you study these, or you may use these other ones for a topical study or whatever the case may be. All right? So, Choose the theme, decide on the questions, then create a list of all the verses you intend to study. All the verses that relate to your theme, all the verses related to your questions. Number four, you start asking your questions to each reference. So you've got all your scripture there, right? Let's say you've got 60. You start asking your question, boom. You start asking, and you may ask the question to the scripture, and you're like, uh, this scripture has nothing to do with that question, all right? Then you can cross a line through it, right? Or you can, or you know what you can do? You can, you can just, you can just put like a little, uh, you can put an X next to it, put an X next to it, right? Because that tells you this did not answer my question, doesn't mean it's not uh, important to the topic, just means it may not help you with the theme that you're pursuing, right? So you put an X to it. You ask the question, so you just go through and ask the question that you've come up with to the verse, all right? So you read through your references and ask your set of questions of each verse. You write down the answers you find, okay, on the paper. So you, like you say, if you if it, if it has an X to it, you don't worry about it. If the next scripture, you ask the question, you're like, oh, this gives me an answer. Then here's what you do on your paper. You write your question, you write down the verse, and, and then underneath that, you specifically explain how that verse answered your question. So you write down the question, you write down the, I'd say, write down the whole verse, okay, out, right? Then you specifically identify how it, the, the answer that you found in the verse. It may be a part of it, whatever the case may be, all right? Okay, so that you just you just go through the list, asking the question. Go through the list, asking the question, asking the question. Now, look, you may be an hour into it, and you're like, you had 80 verses, and you're down like, you're down to like 10 to go, and you're like, I have not, I don't have one answer. I don't have one answer. You may feel like this is a waste of time. No, it's not. That's telling you the Bible doesn't answer those questions. So when you hear some sermon, someone supposedly giving an answer to that question, you know they're lying because you know the Bible doesn't really answer it. And they'll be give, give a scripture and you can go, that scripture doesn't answer that question. Why are they even giving that scripture as supposed at the answer? It doesn't answer it. You're going to know. That keeps you from ever being manipulated ever again. All right. Number five, conclusions. After you finish checking the references and writing down your answers, you go back and summarize the answers to each of your questions, and you may organize it into an outline. So at this point, you just kind of write out your conclusions, your summary. Okay, here are my questions. Here's the basic answers I have received based off these verses. And then you may outline it. You may create an outline. 
right? Because then you're like, here's my question. Here's the verses that answer it. Here are the answers. Here was my question. Here are the answers, right? So it almost just scream. Your, your outline's basically waiting for you right there. And then the last step, everybody knows the last step, right? You write out an application. Remember, your application has to be personal, has to be practical, has to be possible, and has to be measurable. You write out an application that is personal, practical, possible, and measurable. It's got to be personal. It's about you. It's about what you're going to do to apply what you've learned in this thematic study. It's got to be practical, something that can practically be done, something that you can, that, that's practical. It's got to be possible. It can't be something ridiculous that there's no way you're ever going to do. And it's got to be measurable so that you can measure to see, did you really do it or not? Because the key is to do, actually put something into action based off what you have learned in regards to the questions you've asked the Bible and the answers which you found in the Bible. Please note, you know, look at commentaries. You don't look at commentaries. You say, but there's going to be verses I don't understand. Or, okay, on any, I, I didn't write this one down, but in any study, you can always have a, a, one of the steps can be listing all the challenges or confusion that you have. You can say, okay, I still have this question or I didn't understand. There's, you can just write that down because here's what happens. Sometimes in our study, we come across something that is confusion, confusing or something that is challenging and we stop our study and we start chasing this rabbit. P- write that down in a category called challenges and then when the study is complete, you can go look at those challenges and then you can pursue that on your own. But you want to finish the thematic method. So step number one, choose the theme. Step two, come up with your questions, no more than five. You can even just make it one. Number three, create a list of all the verses that may relate to your theme or to your topic. All right, it's okay. And then your questions may help limit which verses you're looking for, but you, the more verses, the better. Then you start asking all your, all your, your, your questions to each reference. Some of them will not, it will not answer, won't be of help. Others, it will, right? Then conclude. You summarize your answers. You may create an outline, right? You may then... You, then you do write out an application. There we go. And the application must be personal, practical, possible, and measurable. That concludes how to do a thematic method of Bible study. Now, if you need my help, email me, newsifyahoo.com. If you email me your problems, confusion, or what you need, I'll turn this microphone right back on, and I'll do my best to answer those questions. Okay, I got no problem doing as many things that we need. If you do a thematic method and you want me to look at it, send it to me, newsif at yahoo.com. And guess what? I'll take a look at it and I may I may grab your thematic. I won't give your name, but I may take your method, turn on the microphone, and we may walk through your thematic method and I can say this was good or I would have changed this and nobody will know who it is. Nobody, I'm not going to give your name, your state or anything else, but it's just, sir, it, it's, it's a great way for other people. It, it's, it's a great thing to do because other people are like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. And then as I'm working through it live on the air, I'll be like, wow, I never saw that before. Or I may say, well, I, I think that that's, that's, that was the wrong way to do it, but don't take it personal because nobody knows your name and I'm not calling you out, but it just works. It just makes a great episode and it helps everyone.
All right, I'm getting ready to take a drink of water. All right. 59 minutes. We're gonna, we got to hurry up. So email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. You need any help or assistance in doing a thematic method of Bible study, then please, 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 please let me know. But what you need more than anything is you need six honest serving Men or women in your life, you need six of them to go with you everywhere you go. They need to be at church with you, Bible study, wherever you go. And they, and because these six people, these six individuals are going to teach you everything you will ever know in the present and the past and the future. They are the, the reasons you know anything and their names are what, why, when, how, where, and who. All right, there, there's a couple of little things I could probably add, but we're in an hour, so we'll stop there. We'll wait and see what everyone comes up with, all right? Good to go? All right, can't wait to hear from you. Everyone have a great day. Enjoy studying the Word of God. Make it fun. It should be fun. It should be fun. It's not a legalistic thing. It's a fun thing because you've been given the greatest privilege of all to study the Word of an all-knowing, eternal, and all-powerful and sovereign God. That should be a privilege, and you should you should run to it. I don't know why so many Christians don't want to partake in it. They would rather do anything else than that. That's a serious problem. Thanks for listening.